Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. We believe smart marketing helps any business compete with the largest players in their industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Alex Miner, and we're going to explore LinkedIn video strategy. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Stelzner. You can also email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And lastly, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And a little PS, if you're on Clubhouse, check out the Social Media Examiner Club. And if you want to follow me, I am at Stelzner on Clubhouse. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Alex Miner. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Alex Miner. If you don't know who he is, you need to know who he is. He is a video marketing strategist, founder of I Am Media, a company that helps coaches and entrepreneurs create memorable video content. He's also host of the Everything is Content podcast. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Super excited to have you. Today, Alex and I will explore how to build your expertise using video on LinkedIn. Now, Alex, before we go there, I would love to hear your backstory. How did you get into video? And then eventually, how did you get into LinkedIn video? Start wherever you want to start. Okay. Well, it's it's kind of a long winding road, but I'll try to keep it short. I have a tendency to ramble. So tell us the story. <laughs> the basics are I grew up wanting to be a musician, right? And and just through my adventures in music and being a producer and engineer, I eventually wound up working for a TV station, which led to me getting into audio visual and uh, corporate events. And that's where my love for video really started. That's the first time that I got behind a camera. But, you know, watching people go back and forth on stage when it's just like a conference, it's robotic. So I thought video was boring back then. But as I got deeper into it, eventually I bought some of my own gear. And when I could control what the subject was, when I could control what the story was, then it was like, oh, this is this is interesting. Like, I, I can do something with this. And, you know, I, I was a songwriter. I was a producer. I was already a creative. So it just gave me a new tool for the toolbox. And I dove deep, you know, YouTube University, learning everything that I could, getting involved with uh, local film groups and doing short films, uh, hooked up with one of my friends who was doing some business stuff and shot many documentaries. And that was really cool. And somewhere along the line, 
marketing for businesses with video somehow came on my radar. I can't even remember how, but it was like, oh, this is this is just like doing documentary stuff. I still get to, you know, find out what people's stories are and, and help to tell it, but I can actually get paid. <laughs> and that was kind of part of the excitement. What kind of musician did you want to be? Oh, I was a rapper and producer and a singer. Oh, very cool. Um, much more the rapper than the singer, but, you know, I could hum a few notes. And then when you went to the television station, tell us a little bit about that experience. Like, were you the guy in the room kind of controlling which cameras were coming up and stuff? Or were you the guy behind the camera? No, I was actually the audio guy. Ah. And the thing about that is I was pretty much the last of a dying breed. Most news station these days, all the audio functions are automated. There's a producer in the room who's controlling the stories. There's the director in the room, the technical director who's actually hitting the buttons and all those camera moves and and, uh, audio switching. It's all automated. Fascinating. So once you got behind the equipment, you got kind of excited about it. And then somewhere along the line, you realized you could do this for business and continue with the story. Tell us more. I mean, I just started trying to learn everything that I could, you know, definitely became a a disciple of the book of Gary and and just, (laughs) yeah, Gary V and just uh, anything and everything I could get my hands on. When I get obsessed with something and video is definitely an obsession and so was marketing, I spend almost all my spare time, like trying to figure it out, trying to learn more, trying to figure out how to level up. And and so at this point, I haven't written a song in, I want to say three or four years. And music was my life growing up. Like that's all I wanted to do. Like through the time at the news station, through times working in a warehouse, graduating from full sale, like every everything was geared towards getting me in the music industry. Uh, but I picked up a camera and I don't know. It just wasn't as important. So bridge the story to business ultimately, like and what you're doing today and how LinkedIn plays into the story. Like I said, I was working in the corporate events industry. So I knew that video was useful to businesses as a function of that, because I was working in these huge corporate events where I was, you know, putting up the gigantic widescreen that fills up, you know, half an arena or, you know, putting up projection systems or LED walls. I was doing all that stuff. I was the guy you know, behind the curtain, controlling the signals and making sure everybody could see what they were supposed to see. So I knew video was useful to business. And once the marketing component came in, then it became, oh, I don't have to deal with these gigantic corporations. I can find ways to connect with and serve local businesses or smaller businesses. And through investigating that, Eventually, you know, after I started my business and and I was getting out there trying to do these things, I met Lorena Acosta, who, if you don't know who she is, she's kind of a big deal on LinkedIn. She's got, I don't know how many million followers right now, but I met her when her and another guy from Orlando wanted to put on an event called LinkedIn Local. Uh, If you don't know what LinkedIn Local is, it was a concept that LinkedIn came up with, I guess, where they kind of co-signed unofficially people being able to throw LinkedIn-based networking events in their cities. There's like, you know, some rules you had to go by, like you couldn't be trying to sell products or anything there. It had to be really just a networking event in the spirit of LinkedIn. But when she announced that she was about to throw this event, it was right at the time when I first came upon the concept and I was saying, this is what this city needs. Like I live in Orlando, Florida for just for your frame of reference. Yep. And I'm like, this would be amazing. Like, how can I find out? How long ago was this? 
That was a couple of years ago now. Okay, cool. And so I met her because I just happened to be on LinkedIn, saw her announcement, and I immediately, you know, sent her a message like, hey, this is amazing. Like, how can I help? I want to be a part of this. Like, what can I do? And so eventually me and, and my team of freelancers, we ended up doing all the video coverage for the event. We filmed all the speakers. We did a recap video, all this stuff. And just through forming that relationship with Lorena, some of the other influencer, LinkedIn influencers who were there, it just started my journey down that rabbit hole of LinkedIn. I mean, she taught me so much about personal branding and I mean, just all that stuff. Like if it wasn't for her like, kind of like lighting the fire under me, I don't know if I would be as obsessed with LinkedIn as I am today. So bring us up to the present. What are you doing now? Creating as much content as I can trying to keep up with the demand from clients. I'm working with a variety of people. I've got real estate coaches, international speakers that I work with, you know, local businesses, mom and pop stuff. I mean, it, it runs the gamut because I firmly believe that almost any business, actually, I believe any business can benefit from using video content in their content marketing. You know, they just have to have their eyes open to it and be willing to, you know, experiment, get their hands dirty and learn the game or hire me. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to the marketers out there that are skeptical about LinkedIn video. Like, the truth is that most marketers don't think of LinkedIn when they think of video. They think of YouTube, they think of Facebook, right. Instagram. So why should they consider LinkedIn for video? Because LinkedIn, it's not quite the Wild West. That's probably TikTok, but it's still the organic reach is crazy. On LinkedIn, whether you're doing the written word, whether you're using graphics or carousel posts, all that type of stuff, or you choose to, you know, get dirty with the rest of us vidiots. Vidiots? <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. The organic reach is just unheard of, you know, like Facebook back five, six years, 10 years ago. Well, maybe not that good, but <laughs> it's pretty darn good. And you can get on there. Like, like I've connected with people, especially in the last few months, who since as late as October of last year have just the organic reach that they've seen from starting from scratch pretty much is crazy. You know, thousands of views per post. And when I say thousands, I'm talking like 20, 30, 40,000 views, like just trying to develop their following in the last year. I mean, dude, don't get me on my soapbox. But the truth is the other side of it is that most people on LinkedIn are not doing video, right? So this is a way for marketers to stand out because most of the stuff that I see on LinkedIn is text or graphics or links. And isn't it true that if you do video, I mean, you're going to stand out from everybody else who's not doing it, right? Oh, 100%. But the real basic fact is that most people on LinkedIn aren't doing content, period. So even if you just start doing one post a week, there's like less than 2%, I think, of the 750 million plus people on the platform. Uh, my numbers might be a little off, but like over 700 million people on the platform, less than 2% are posting content on a weekly basis, right? And probably less than 15% of that 2% is probably doing video is my guess. Right. So the second you start doing a text post every week, one text post every week, you're in an elite club. Now, because of the involvement that you have to have or the process that you have to have to do video, although I'm also a firm believer that video is only as difficult as you make it, 
you join the upper echelons of the elite because most people think video is either too hard or too expensive or it's not worth their time and, and, and they're wrong. But, you know, you step into that arena and you're instantly with, you know, the best of the best, in my opinion. What does video do that the other mediums cannot do? It allows you to be you in the purest form, right? Because, I mean, all of us have experienced it. It's so easy to misinterpret a post, a text, mm -hmm. right. an email. But when somebody gets on camera and as little as 10, 15 seconds, you start to get familiar with their mannerisms, the inflections in their voice. You can see if they're animated, if they're reserved. You get all these like cues that normally you would only get from an in-person conversation. So video really lets you clone yourself, put pieces of yourself out there for people to find because, I mean, it's really giving people the gift of you and you don't have to be there. There's lots of different types of videos that you can do on LinkedIn. You've got live video, you've got stories, and then you've got, I guess, what we would call feed video, right? And we're going to be focusing right. on the feed, the uploaded video, correct? That's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this, right? Right. And just real quick, fundamental question. Does it matter if it's vertical or horizontal or square? Do, do all those mediums work on LinkedIn? They all work but Square is going to be the best. Because one thing that you'll notice, especially if you're on your computer, although I think it's about 70 to 80% of users are on mobile, um, but you'll, you'll even notice it on mobile that if you upload tall video, like up and down cell phone video, that LinkedIn tries to make it fit into a Square. Uh, so they'll do that like blurred out background thing that some places Oh, do. I see. So they'll squish it down and put the big stripes on the sides is what you're saying? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So they want Square video. And Square video is to your advantage. It takes up more of the feed. You're taking more real estate. So like if I'm scrolling through the feed on my phone and I've got an iPhone 12 currently, and I stop on a square video, well, you'll see the square video, plus you get like three lines of text above it as like a preview if you've got extended copy. And that takes up almost the whole screen. You want that. But if you have 16 by nine traditional YouTube style video, you could still do that, right? If that's all you got, right? You can still do it. You can upload it, definitely, but yeah. it's not going to display. Oh, and actually, I was mistaken by something I said before. On the computer, it'll put those bars on the side. On the cell phone, it will display 16.9, but the thing about it is you won't be able to see the whole post at once. You'll be able to see most of the video, but you won't be able to see, like, the whole video and the copy, and it's not as good an experience. You want to do square. Perfect. So let's talk about the fundamentals of, like, the kinds of things we should post in video. I know you've got some cool ideas here about the types of video content we should publish at a high level, and then we can break them down. But what are the main areas that we should think about when we're thinking about creating video for LinkedIn? Okay. So in my opinion, there's three main types of content when it comes to video that people want to be aware of. And that's macro content, micro content, and pillar content. So for LinkedIn specifically, pillar content would be more of your live streaming content because with live streaming, there's no time limits, right? So if I'm talking about pillar content for any other platform, that's basically anything other than short form content, longer pieces of content that you can chop up, repurpose and make into micro content. 
And on LinkedIn, the only way to get that extended pillar content is to do it live. Now, everybody can't get access to LinkedIn Live, unfortunately. The rollout has not been the greatest, but if you can get access to it and you can come up with kind of like, if you can build your own like show format for LinkedIn Live, it can be a really, really, really effective tool. And if you do those extended live streams, what you can do is they make you use a third-party service to do the live streams. Most of those services will let you download a recording of the live stream once you're done, and then you can take that extended piece, find the best bits in it, chop those out, make those into micro content, and then depending on how much good stuff was in there, you've got multiple pieces of content that could not just be used on LinkedIn, but also other places. And then when I talk about macro content, that's like the stuff that you definitely want to call someone like me for. And that might not necessarily be the stuff that you would post on a daily basis. These are your more highly produced videos, right? These are like your brand videos, your company videos, testimonials. Although there there are lower quality testimonials you can do that can be just as effective. But a lot of brands and businesses, especially like medical businesses or, you know, big corporate businesses that want to have super impressive testimonial content. They'll do what I like to call cinematic testimonials, which are basically like a a mini movie, maybe three to five minutes, something like that, maybe even as much as 10 minutes that really goes in depth on the difference that they make in their customers' lives and, and break those stories down so you can really see what the benefit of their products and services are. So, and then the micro content, is in the micro content, those are like the pieces that you get from the pillar content. And, and I mean, it doesn't have to come from pillar content. You can make micro content just to make micro content. I'd consider micro content anything from, you know, as short as five to 10 seconds on up to three minutes. Five minutes is kind of pushing the envelope. Some people will watch that on LinkedIn, but most people aren't going to watch anything longer than a couple of minutes because a lot of them, they're at work and they're kind of scrolling on the DL and just trying to kill time and things like that. Or they're just busy CEOs or executives or what have you, and they're just trying to get it in in between doing their actual work, you know, so you got to cater to that. Okay, so if the micro content is like five seconds, to three minutes, how long is the macro content typically? The macro content, I would say, if, if it's like a more produced piece, a macro content piece, if it's like that highly produced, super intentional, something that's supposed to last, that could be as short as a minute because uh, you can do a lot with video in a minute if it's planned and executed well. But typically, I'm going to say they're going to be more like from two minutes to five minutes. But the time limit for uploaded video on LinkedIn is 10 minutes. So it could be as long as 10 minutes on LinkedIn. Okay, so let's draw an imaginary pie chart and let's break these pillar macro and micro into slices of the pie. What percentage of our content should fall into each slice? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. So I'm going to say that at least 60% of your content, if you're doing video on LinkedIn should be that micro content that, and because the purpose of micro content is just to get people's attention, to keep you top of mind, to keep them at that top of the funnel area or leave those breadcrumbs for people to discover so that they can, you know, keep finding the tidbits in the trail back to you and learn who you are and and want to watch that macro content, want to watch that pillar content and, uh, you know, eventually engage your products and services or start that relationship. Then I would say you can do a 2020 split on the macro content and the pillar content because the pillar content, you know, with 
And like I was saying on LinkedIn, the only real way to do pillar content is to do live streams. And there are some people who are really, really killing it on there. There's Cher Jones. There's Richard Moore. They've both got like weekly show formats where they do that. And then they end up, especially Richard Moore, post-producing that live stream into, I think Richard Moore does like 12 pieces of different content off of each live stream. So there's a lot of gas that you can get out of there. But you don't want to do those live streams more than once a week, I would say, because he does like, I don't know if it's a half hour or an hour long show, but he puts some time in. Okay. So at a macro level, we've got a pie chart with the bulk of it. 60% is this micro content, which is this five second to three minute content. The remaining 40% is split down the middle between macro and pillar. Macro is the highly produced two to five minute or longer content. And the pillar on LinkedIn would be the live streaming content. So what I would love to do is uh, zoom in a little bit on the pillar content and let's choose Richard Moore or Cher Jones, either one of them. Tell us a little bit about what they do just so people can wrap their mind around this. Okay, so Richard Moore, he's a guy from the UK, really, really smart dude, and he helps salespeople be better at sales, especially within the context of LinkedIn. And and I mean, Cher Jones does something similar, but Richard Moore, he has like this hour long, I think, live stream that he does every Monday. And then he sends the live stream off to, I forget the name of his editor. But wait, wait, real quick. I want to zoom in on what he does during the live stream. Like, can you give us a sense of what he's doing for an hour? Do you have any sense of that? He does do a lot of Q&A. He definitely okay. does do a lot of Q&A. Is he presenting? Sometimes he has guests. Okay. And there's usually like at least one like main point that he's trying to get across Got for it. each session so that there's kind of like an overall theme to the live stream. He's not just, you know, flapping around in the dark trying to randomly hit things. He's got a point to make. But then having that and you know, like I said, he's a smart guy. If he talks for an hour and especially if he's answering questions and, you know, giving the people exactly what they want, the power in answering questions in a format like that is if one person's asking the question, there are other people asking the question. So he can take the best questions or his best answers to those questions and send it off to his editor, make those into their own pieces of content. And boom, he's got tons and tons of content to sprinkle all over the place. Fascinating. Now, I'm pretty sure that what I'm about to say is true. I believe that LinkedIn has finally made it so that pages can do live. I don't think every human, every individual on LinkedIn has live video, but I'm nearly certain that they've recently announced that uh, pages can go live. So I would imagine that a business could take and do this very same thing. Just grab someone inside the business and do a regular weekly live video on LinkedIn. Could they not? And then they could just grab that content and publish that on their page in the same way that individuals might on their profile, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, 100%. I haven't heard that particular announcement, but I don't really keep up with pages that much. I'm more invested in personal branding, Right. although I shouldn't be ignoring pages because LinkedIn keeps saying that they're going to be investing in pages and making them better and adding features and things. So I need to do a better job of keeping up with that. And for those of you that are not personal brands, I mean, all this stuff applies to your page just as much as it does to your personal profile. I would imagine there isn't any reason why you couldn't use it there, right? Oh, yeah, totally. So what else do we need to know about pillar content? Like, why do you even call it pillar? What's the idea behind the word pillar? Okay, so one of the things that I do with with a lot of my clients is when I first come to them, I ask them, what is it that you want to be known for? Like, what's your mission on LinkedIn? 
or not even LinkedIn, but in general, if we're working on building their personal brand, like if there are only four or five things that each person who engages with your content should get, what are those things? Those are your pillars, right? And so those should be over the course of experiencing you and forming your content, strategizing, brainstorming, whatever. These pillars are kind of like your North Star and everything is based off of these. And if you get those locked in because and they all should in some way pertain to your mission, not saying that none of it can be personal or or that it all has to be super serious. But the goal of creating all this content should be to build a window into you so that people can really understand who you are, what you're about, what your values are. And if they happen to be in the market for the services that you provide, what kind of transformation you can make in their life. So Having these pillars as your kind of guiding light means that if you're fully informed about what they are and you have that strategy in place, it really shouldn't be hard for you to create content at the drop of a hat. I mean, I even have people draw it out like we we make a chart of what the pillars are. I usually have them do at least four. I know some people do three pillars. Some people do five. I'd say you could have as many as six if you want to be super ambitious. And these are areas that you know intimately, right? So if somebody engaged you in one of these areas of conversation, you should be able to go on ad nauseum for days. So give us an example for yourself if you do this. I mean, do you do pillar content for yourself? And if so, what kinds of things do you tend to talk about? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like content creation is one. Okay. And when I say content creation, when I talk about content creation, it's really the mental game of content creation. I'm trying to get people to get rid of their roadblocks and open their eyes to the different strategies and the things and the opportunities that they're missing when it comes to content creation, because content doesn't have to be super complicated, but the whole thing with content marketing and content, this and content that it's become sort of this mountain that people have to climb. And one of my goals is to really bring that mountain back down to a molehill and let people realize that, Hey, you can create content too. You don't need me. If you want to hire me, that's cool. But you don't need me to create content. You can do it yourself. So one of my things is is really teaching people a different view of content. So that's super important to me because I want as many people as possible creating content because in a way that's competition and competition breeds innovation. And so if there's more people creating content and we're all still striving to get that attention, it's going to force people to innovate and to ideate and just not stay stagnant, which is awesome to me. Well, actually, let's pause there for a second. You take something as big as content creation, right? Which you know, like the back of your hand, right? And what you're advising to people listening is pick something you know. And then I would imagine from that can come endless ideas, right? And you just map them out. Like this week, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome. And this week, I'm going to talk about like lighting. I mean, is that the kind of stuff you talk about? You know, and you just pick a bazillion different and I may not be this may not be the ideal example, but you just come up with a list of things. And this is. Yeah, I've got lists all over the place. I, I, I have more ideas than I can get to with all the the client work and right. like I never get to create as much content as I want. But that's what you would advise to everyone who's listening. Right. Which is to come up with a topic that, you know, that you could talk about pretty much a lot. Right. And then map it oh, yeah. out. Right. And do it. How right. often how often do we need to do this pillar kind of content? Once a week? 
I mean, everybody doesn't have to live stream. So let's get that out the way, because a lot of people are afraid of live streaming or nervous about it because it's live and they don't want to mess up or look bad. But the thing is, like, people are super forgiving of the live format. Um, You've got so much leeway when you're live because people know it's live and they know that, you know, things happen. It's it's real life. So they don't expect a perfect product when you're live. But a, a lot of people, you know, can't see that. So you don't even necessarily have to do pillar content as in this extended content that I'm talking about, the pillar content could just exist as the ideas and the ideation of all these different subjects and different, you know, angles that you can hit it from. But that will help inform your decisions about what kind of micro content and what kind of macro content to make for your personal brand or your business. Okay. So let's move on to macro content. You mentioned that LinkedIn has a limit of 10 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So the macro content means it's like longer than a minute, a few minutes, and it's shorter than 10 minutes, right? So talk about how this content is structured differently than the stuff we've just been talking about. So there's a few different ways that you could approach the the macro content. Um, This could be trainings. This could be deep dives on products. This could be brand stories. This could be testimonials. But this is like the higher quality stuff because this is stuff that you want to live a long time. Like when you put stuff in the feed, it's going to really kind of die after 48 hours. Like you're going to get the most traffic in that first or second day. Right. After that, posts are living longer on LinkedIn. Like I had a video that did really well for me that I posted at the beginning of February and we're right at the end of February and it was still getting some views. You know, over the course of a month, it got like a thousand additional views, which is good for me. But the bulk of the views still came in that first 48 hours. With macro content, these are things that you want to live for a long time. So one thing that a lot of people are missing out on on their LinkedIn profiles is there's a featured section where if you've got a video that's from YouTube or Oh, and and that's kind of a hack, too. So in your featured section on your LinkedIn profile, you can link a video from YouTube and you don't get dinged for it because it's not in the feed. It's not like a social post, but it can live there on your profile. So you could put your macro content there, you know, these longer, highly produced pieces that you want people to see every time that they find you and investigate you. Um, That's a great place for it to live. I do that. I I put my video business card there, which is kind of my brand story video. And these are just things that you want to live. So they go on your featured section on your personal page, or these are things that would go on your company page as like featured videos that you want people to be able to find for a long time. Or they might even go into ads. Uh, LinkedIn video ads are a thing now. I know I get served them every day. So just to be clear, the macro video, which is the more produced video, is going to have about in the feed about a 48 hour life. But if you put it into your profile in the featured videos section, then people, when they check out your bio or your page, they're going to see it. And that's going to yep. be good for them when they assess your company or you as an individual. Do you have any sense of how many videos you can put into this featured section? I have not pushed the limits. How many do you think you have? Like five or six or? At least four or five. I I know some people put a lot of stuff in their featured section. I don't feel like people are going to flip through all of those videos. I mean, maybe if they're super interested already, they will. I've only got like a couple in there. Right. So if it's true that only a couple are in there and it's true that you only have about a few days, right? Then some people might be saying to themselves, why should I hire someone to produce something like this when it has such a short shelf life? 
talk to me about that a little bit. What's the advantage? Well, if you're always growing your audience on LinkedIn, like you should be, you should always be, you know, LinkedIn is a networking tool. You should be building your network. You should be building relationships. So there should always be new people becoming aware of you. And if that's the case, you want to have that piece of content that can be served and be that introductory piece to people who are new to you, but also gives that great picture of you, the thing that you want everybody to know. Like like for me with the video business card, that gives people pretty much the essence of who I am and what my company does in about two and a half minutes. And I use that not just on LinkedIn, but in my daily life to, you know, open doors, get meetings, love that. Open opportunities. Like it's a lethal weapon, man. So how often do you think we should be publishing these macro videos? I mean, can we get away with just a few every once in a while or we should be doing one a week? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, macro content, like I said, that stuff's supposed to live for a long time. So not only do you want it on your LinkedIn profile, but that's some of the content that can also go over to your YouTube channel or go on your website. These are longer living pieces of content. You know, so you drop them in the feed every so often to like refresh people or introduce new people, make them aware of it so that they can, you know, get that quick brand story or hear that customer testimonial, all those things. But then you'll focus mainly on the micro content because that's the fresh stuff that you always want to be feeding the beast with and and keeping them aware. So I'd say if you got that macro content that you're making once a year, You know, you might want to refresh it, but if it's really, really good and really poignant or evergreen, you could use it for years. Can you keep resharing it? I mean, if it's on, if it's on your LinkedIn profile, can you just keep resharing that same video out to the feed, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, once every few months, why not? Okay, cool. You should be building your following and having new people becoming aware of you. So not all of them visit your profile. Some of them are just seeing what's in the feed. So every now and then sprinkle the really good stuff on them and make them go, oh my gosh. All right. Let's feed the beast with some micro content here. So talk to us about, and this is the bulk, right? Talk to us about like what exactly kinds of content we should be creating. That's five seconds to just a few minutes. Like what, give us some examples of how this might work. It's really whatever you want to make it, man. Like there's this large misconception that LinkedIn has to be this straight laced suit and tie place, only completely serious seven days a week, 365 days a year. And it's not like since Microsoft took over and introduced the feed and it's become more of a social platform. It really is a social media platform. People are kind of relaxed, man. And especially this past year with COVID being such a thing and people being trapped at home and really yearning for that human connection, a lot of heart has come out on LinkedIn. Are we talking about just opening up the LinkedIn app and hitting the record button here? Or what are we talking about here exactly with this micro content? There are different ways to do it. You can just open up the app, do a video straight to camera and post it. Or you can be like me and put a little more work in and, you know, do that square video, give it a nice banner on top with a scroll stopping title, get some captions on there and make it something that really pops in the feed. Because like I said, a lot of people aren't doing this stuff. So if you take it to the next level and do put a little bit of shine on it, you know, you've got an even better chance of stopping some eyeballs. Although I've had spirited discussions with people who insist that the raw straight up cell phone video is what works best for them. But I'm a video guy. I can't do that. Talk to me about like what kinds of things we can talk about in these shorter videos. Like give some people some inspiration. I mean, you said from the heart, but like, give me some examples. A lot of people are like, 
scared, as you know, to create video and they don't have any sense of what the heck they could talk about in such a short period of time. So what, what kind of stuff will we be recommending here? For me, my goal with most of my videos is to give somebody actionable information, you know, something that they can walk away with and start implementing right now, whether that's a technique with video or whether that's a mindset shift or just something to make them say, huh, I never thought about that. Because if you can do that, it makes you memorable. It makes you stand out. Because a lot of people, I mean, like there's great content on LinkedIn and then there's some not so great content on LinkedIn. (laughs) Got it. So ideally you give them a tip or a technique or some wisdom that they could make a quick win out of it is what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a lot of that. But then another tactic is to tell personal stories, but frame it as a lesson that can be applied to business, right? Because at the end of the day, People are on LinkedIn conducting business and building their networks, professional relationships. So you can talk about the personal stuff, but I always try to get people to frame it in, you know, this is how personal life relates to business life, or this is what personal life taught me that I can apply in my business or in my profession, or this is what my profession taught me that I'm able to implement in my real life. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility there. And and then when we're talking about super short content, because because usually, you know, stories and life lessons, they take, they take a little talking or what have you. But I mean, things like video memes, you know, uh, even, you know, clips from podcasts, clips from Zoom calls. Give us an example of what you mean by a video meme. So a video meme is, you know, how you have picture memes on on the Internet. Right. No reason you can't make that into a video, like make it into a video clip, uh, maybe with some text over it and just have that thing loop. I mean, even like if the text can appear or it can be static or maybe it just moves across the screen or or maybe it's just, you know, a few pictures back to back or something. There's there's so much flexibility um, and there's so many tools out there that you can use, whether you're doing it on your cell phone or doing it on your desktop. It's it's kind of ridiculous, man. So. You mentioned scroll stopping titles and you also mentioned captions. I want to ask about thumbnails. Uh, Are thumbnails even important on the platform or is everything just autoplay? I'm of two minds about it. I haven't used thumbnails enough to where I'll definitively say that thumbnails make a difference in my views because sometimes I'm just lazy. Sometimes I don't feel like making a thumbnail. But then there are other times when I've made a thumbnail, put some work into it, and I, I mean, I had a couple of videos that really blew up, but I can't say that it was because of the thumbnail because I was dropping really, really good information in the videos. So I don't know. Well, if you put it on your profile, you probably ought to have a thumbnail because on in that case, they're not going to click on it, right? Unless they choose to. Is that correct? When you're putting it yeah. in your premiere video section or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. So help people understand like how much real estate you do you have above and below the video for captions and text and all that? Where does all like, how does that work? Especially on mobile. So I'm scrolling through LinkedIn. What do I see above it? What do I see below it? So if you're on iPhone, one tool that is really easy to use to get captions on your videos is a tool called Clips. And it comes on all iPhones. I think it's even on iPads. Yeah. It's an Apple product. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's it's all it's already loaded when you buy a new one. I don't know if it's on the older ones, but I know it's on the new ones. And it lets you do one minute videos as you're recording it. It will auto caption it. And if all you want to do is have a video that you make sure you got captions on, 
That's a great way. And that's also a great way to get started with creating videos because that one minute limit means that you're limited. You don't have as much time. You got to learn to keep it short and to the point. Um, you know, hopefully keeping it short and to the point will make your your subjects and your choice of words and everything more impactful. And you can really teach yourself to get comfortable on video doing those one minute clips. And then when you're ready to move on to bigger content or maybe to go dive deeper into some concepts, then you can find another tool. So real quick, uh, the videos themselves are generally muted on the app. Is that what I'm hearing you say? You have to unmute them to listen to them? Right. So as you're, if you're on a cell phone, and like we were saying, most people are on cell phone, as you're scrolling through the app, the videos are going to be muted, which is why captions are important because I, I think the statistic is like 70 to 80% of uh, social media users in general scroll through their feeds with the sound off because right. we're doing it in public places or we're at work trying to kill time and not get shouted at by our bosses. And and so you want the sound off. And so a lot of people miss the opportunity to have someone watch their content because they don't have captions on the videos. If you have captions on the videos, it gives you a chance in that first one, two, three seconds to grab somebody's attention as they're scrolling through the feed and, and get them to watch. I mean, I, I watch videos with the sound off and I'm a sound and audio guy. Like I like audio on videos, but I mean, even on YouTube, there's times when I'm scrolling through the YouTube feed and when the preview starts playing, I'll just watch it with the captions on in the feed instead of actually going to the the video. Do they do automatic like captioning on there like they do on Facebook like, or do you have to upload an SRT if you choose to not bake in your captions? I think you have to upload an SRT. If they've got auto captioning. You're not aware of it. Okay. I'm not aware of it. I don't think they do. I think you got to upload an SRT. When you're scrolling through the feed and you see a video, how much text do you have above and or below? I don't remember where the text shows up. You have three lines of text above the video. Okay. And then and then there's like a more button if you have more than three lines of text. Right. Okay. Which I always recommend people have more than three lines of text. And you got to take that with a grain of salt. Like the more time you can get somebody to spend on your post, the better. Um, because LinkedIn does factor in dwell time as to how they decide to promote content. And also having really good copy gives you another chance to broach your subject in a different way, right? So I might have a video that's about being confident on camera. And so I might have two or three tips that I give in the video, but as I'm writing the copy, I might have two or three different tips on how to be comfortable on video. Or I might have a different bit of philosophy that's in there altogether that has nothing to do, well, not has nothing to do with what's in the video, but is just talking about it from a different perspective. And also there are people who will tell you that they'll read the copy first before they decide if they're going to watch the video. So it's a pretty good idea to put your time and your thought into both so that you can meet people where they are. Okay, for some people that are like, all right, You've sold me on the need to do video, but I'm looking for an easy way to do it. Do you have any one quick, easy tip that you would give somebody so that they can just start somehow with video on LinkedIn? Yep. Go to LinkedIn app, open up the post function, turn on the camera, hit record, and then upload without watching it. Without watching it. Okay. Without watching it. And your very first video on LinkedIn, one that will usually get you a lot of burn, can just be a video saying, hey, this is my first video on LinkedIn. 
I'm here to do whatever it is you're here to do, make friends, make enemies, whatever it is. And, <laughs> you know, I never haven't done this before. I'm nervous, but, you know, I really want to get out there. I want to meet more of y'all. I want to engage. Like those videos get tons of love because people love to see people being human, you know, shaking hands and everything. Right. Just hold up your camera and just oh, yeah. hit record. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, because there are some people out there who might even be turned off by the majority of my videos because they're too well produced. There are people like that. For some people on social media, a video that's too well produced doesn't feel authentic. Mm. And that might be because a lot of those more polished videos, the people are using scripts and most people suck at reading scripts. And so, yeah, you come off more robotic and less genuine. I have been making my own videos and my own content for years now. You know, before LinkedIn, I was on YouTube. I'm still on YouTube, not as much as on LinkedIn, but I taught myself how to be comfortable on camera, what works for me. And because of that, I get people now who are like, man, you're a natural on camera. No, I'm not a natural on camera. It was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that got me as comfortable as I am now. Um, plus, I got my history of, of being a performer. So just go out and start making videos. Don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry if you're rambled. Just hit the stupid button <laughs> that, and then hit stop. To get stop, started, yes, right? pull the cord. Yeah. Pull the cord and jump. Yeah. Because the thing is, once the Band-Aid's off and you've gotten some positive response, hopefully you'll get some positive response, then you can be like, okay, maybe that wasn't as scary as I thought. And you can say, hey, Alex Minor challenged me to do this on Mike Stelzner's podcast, right? You, you can actually yep. say this, right? You can I, blame me. I accepted Alex's challenge and this is me recording my very first video ever on LinkedIn. If they want to tag you on LinkedIn, um, what's your, I would love that. How do they do that? that? What's your, what's your name on LinkedIn? Is it just at Alex minor? Yep. If you start typing my name eat with the space, you know, it should come up. Alex, tell everybody where they can discover more about you if they want to connect with you in any other way. Okay, you want to find me? You can find me on LinkedIn. Search for me, Alex Miner. I should be the first Alex Miner that comes up. I know for a fact I'm the most active one on LinkedIn. And also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Alex Miner. You can also look for my company, I Am Media, which is E Y E A M M E D I A. Uh, our website is IAMMedia.com. And also, you can look for the podcast. Everything is content. It'll be on all the podcast platforms. There you go. And folks, we challenge you, go ahead, tag Alex. And if you want to tag me also, uh, I think I'm Michael Stelzner on LinkedIn. Uh, we would love to see your videos. Alex Miner, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your insights. I know we're a lot better because of it. Thank you. I was glad to do it. I believe all ships rise together and that there's enough money out here for all of us. So I want everybody to win. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content 
to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And by the way, if you missed anything during today's interview, we took all the notes. Head on over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 451. And if you're new to this show, hit that subscribe button. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.